Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting in Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and we're back with the final book entry of the official Harry Potter series. Yes, what I'm talking about in novel form. Cursed Child is technically a screenplay or just an adaptation of a play, or just a script for a play and everything like that. So we're talking about the original seven novels, and of course we're talking about the Deathly Hallows, and my <laughs> guests are fucking chuckling at me as I'm not chuckling she's chuckling (laughs) (laughs) introduce yourselves you goddamn goons I'm Nikki Torres or Nikki Muggle and I'm Dakota like always why are you laughing the energy level was so real I was trying trying so hard alright guys let's go we're going to Deathly Hallows right now I feel like it was like Billy Mays introduced I, I mean, I do have a, I do have like a uh, an aerosol candy that could be sold on uh, must see TV like right here. Sham wow it into the last podcast. <laughs> Slapchat. Everyone loves my nuts. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, Grant, I have headphones and I don't have a headset or anything like that. It's not like, hi, Billy Mays here, talking about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows and some cocaine. Woo! That's what it sounded like to me over here. Oh man, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what y'all like, have been uh, like. Woo! <laughs> Meet your boy Ric Flair right here all of a sudden. So everybody, let's jump into a review of Harry Potter and the Deathly House right now. What is the synopsis of the final book in the okay, Harry Potter? Well, I was charge? stressing about this for the last week and really started thinking about like what I was going to say in the last Harry Potter book summary. It's been a pleasure for all you listeners out there. It's been an honor to serve with you, with you people. So here I go. By the seat of my pants once again. Okay. <clears throat> I gotta get myself comfortable here. Do, do host. Okay. Do host mesh. Ah. Do host mesh. Okay. Anyway, so Harry Potter wakes up that he's a wizard. Shocker. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) Harry, after 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 we're seeing, (laughs) so Harry, after seeing Dumbledore fall to his death after being Avada Kedavra by Irma Snape, decides to go after all the Horcruxes by himself. But Harry, but Ron and Hermione are like, "No, we'll come with you." He's like, "Fuck, fine." So they devise some big lengthy plan to pretty much giggity. Yeah, big lengthy plan <laughs> to pretty much get away from all their families and go hunting for these horcruxes. Dun 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 dun. Why, why, that's, that's the Lord of the Rings. That's, that's part of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Adventures. There we go. Adventure. It's, it's but so... anyway, so uh, Harry. Uh, but <laughs> but in order to get this started, um, they ha- the Order of the Phoenix has to move Harry from his house on Privet Drive to somewhere safe like the Burrow. Yeah. So they have to, but because like his mother's spell is going to break, break when he, as soon as he turns 17. So 
I'm only 17. So, um... You don't say. <laughs> so they devise a plan for everyone to become Harry so Potter and fly... <laughs> And fly off to the borough. Meanwhile, this planet has been intercepted, kind of, sort of, because it was leaked by Severus Snape to the bo- board of Voldemort, as I like to call it. And they're going, like, Harry Potter's going to fly out of there. They're like, okay, let's go kill him. But then, obviously, 10,000 Harrys are there. So, like, okay, let's just see which one's the real one. And then Hedwig, being a amazing owl, knows Harry's the re- which one the real Harry. So she flies along, and everyone's like, that's the real Harry! So then Voldemort comes out of nowhere. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Boop, 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 boop. But no, they get to a safe point. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this is like chapter what two? Yeah. Do you, do, do you want me to take over? No. Go faster. Okay, go faster. So they get to the burrow. Uh, <laughs> get to the burrow. Moody's dead. Everyone's injured. Moody, right? Yeah, Mad Eye Moody. Mad Eye Moody died. Mad Eye Moody died. Fred lost an ear. And they're like, okay, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) So this is the part where they're all in the borough and they need to figure out what they're going to do next. So Harry's like, okay, I'm not going back to Hogwarts. We got to do this. So so Ron's like, okay, I'm dressing the ghoul like me upstairs. So everyone thinks I'm sick. And Hermione's like, oh yeah, I erased the the memories of my parents for ever having having me and made them want to move to Australia. Which is like, what? 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 Anyway, so... We haven't even got out of the borough yet. No, but I'm getting there. So there's a wedding between Fleur and one of Ron's Bill. brothers. Bill and Fleur, they're getting married. But then but then Death Eaters come and are like, we're going to kill Harry. And they're like, oh, God. So they run for it. They tra- operate and they end up pretty much going to... Um, Troll Girl Place. Troll Girl Place, thank you. And they're like, okay, so we need to figure out who R.A.B. is for the first Horcrux. And I mean... For- Filmed now by Nikki right now. Anyway, so they figure out that R.A.B. is actually a Regulus Black, who's Sirius' black brother, and they're like, oh god. We he's, need- that, he's, he's like, you know, like Sirius is like, kind of like an uh, offshoot of Black, like Regulus, he's regular Black. Now. Regular Black, yes. Yes. Anyway, so they figure out, like, oh god, that's who R.A.B. is. So they're like, wait, there was a locket back in the fifth book. Where is that locket? So they go to the creature, creature, where's this locket? And the creature's like, Arr. But they find out, <laughs> find out that Dolores Umbridge, that fucking bitch, has the fucking locket. So guess what? They gotta break into the Ministry of Magic now, which is dun, being controlled dun, 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 by... Was that Mission Impossible? I'm screwing up now. So it's being controlled by Voldemort, so they have to Mission Impossible in it, steal the Horcrux from Dolores Umbridge in dramatic fashion, get out, and now like, okay, now we're on the run. Because someone figured out, oh, they, like, they apparated out of there, but someone grabbed onto Harry, and then they figure out, oh, God, 12-year-old place. We can't go back there. So now they're hiking in the woods, camping. Ron lost, like, I think, a fingernail at that point because he apparated incorrectly. But now they're like, okay, we have this locket. Now what do we do? So now they walk around for months at a time not knowing what to do. The locket is evil and gives, like, evil things out. And that causes Ron to pretty much blow blow a bitch fit and leave, leaving Harry and Hermione there. Uh, maybe Harry and Hermione alone, but they eventually, but Harry one night figures out like, hey, there's a white deer walking around. What's going on? So he follows this, uh, this Patronus deer to this place where the, where the Gryffindor, uh, sort of Gryffindor has a frozen lake. So they go in, so he goes in, gets saved by Ron from drowning, and then they break, then they use the sword of Gryffindor to destroy the locket. Pretty awesome. Anyway, so after that, what happens after that? I need help. <laughs> 
Shit gets real. <laughs> Shit gets real. Shit gets real. So they ended up uh, by the seat of their pants, freaking out all this other sh- like how where all the other Horcruxes are, and then eventually they dwindle it down to the point where the only last Horcruxes are the snake N- N- Nagini. Nagini, thank you, and, and pretty much and uh, the uh, and the couple uh, and the crown of Ravenclaw. Uh, uh, the Raven uh, Ravenclaw's diadem. 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 Diagonally. <laughs> <laughs> That's at Hogwarts. Anyway, so they go to they're going to break into Hogwarts now, which isn't as, isn't as easy. But we learned that the that the Hogshead Bar is actually run by Dumbledore's brother, who looks almost like him, but in a more shaggy way and goat fucking way. So <laughs> bleed, bleed, bleed. <laughs> so they, uh, but. <laughs> So they use his bar to break into Hogwarts, where Neville is leading a secret resistance against the people of Hogwarts. Exactly. <laughs> and then they they then Neville sends out the word that Harry Potter's back at Hogwarts. We can throw the we can finally do like reveal ourselves to the Jedi now. Yeah. <laughs> Very Darth Maul like. <laughs> but so this car starts the Battle of Hogwarts. Harry's running around trying to figure out all where the Horcruxes are, and then Voldemort shows up with his army, and now the Battle of Hor- Hogwarts is going on, and people are dying fucking everywhere. And then there's a big fucking battle between Harry and uh, Harry and Voldemort, and it was awesome. Voldemort gets killed off, and it was like, yeah, suck it. Then the epilogue happened, and it ruined the entire book, and that's it. Oh my god. <laughs> I literally had to tune out because I kept laughing so much. So it's like I need a break, like a mental break from yours and yeah, You had a blank stare at one point. I just needed to stop. Just take a step back because in the beginning I thought you said Mooney, not Moody. So I was like, no. I had, a, prof- I had a professor name. Uh... Yeah, he doesn't die till the end of the book. You're jumping ahead of yourself. That's why I gave you that. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was then, pretty sure it was Moody. No, yeah, Moody, not Mooney. And I heard Mooney, which is. Lupin's name, which you know that. But yes. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. The actual, if you really want the actual synopsis, Harry Potter goes tries to find all the all the Horcruxes and battles Voldemort. Are you fucking kidding? That Are you is... fucking kidding? That was so good and so precise, and yet he told this <laughs> long epic tale that just killed the one bar battery we had left. <laughs> that I literally hurt my brain to listen to, and yet you did it just perfectly. Was that what you came up with in the car ride? Maybe. You know, I feel so betrayed. <laughs> you know, but I've been doing it that way since the first book. I know how dare you actually perfect it by the last book. <laughs> you know, I, I, what if like the one the, the the podcast group that like the movie group that I was talking about, real fans of real movies. I've become friends with some of the members and everything like that. And one of the guys, Matt. Hi, Matt. Uh, huge fan of Harry Potter. He's listening to all of our Harry Potter podcasts and everything like that. Probably laughing. No, I, like, I, like I, I, I'm gonna need to ask him when we're done recording. Like, how do you deal with uh, Dakota's like synopsis? Like, well, how are you feeling about it? Because I want, I want an honest to God. Uh, we need an honest reaction. And so, whenever this goes, so whenever he gets to this, I'm gonna get a message from him. Like, yeah, so you really want my opinion about that? So. Yes, yes, we do, Matt. Right? It was Matt. Yes. <laughs> Just don't tell me, please. <laughs> No, but tell me. <laughs> okay. Tell Nikki, but not me. But no, I mean, I perfected the what last time we did a review, which was for Boondock Saints. I perfected the synopsis there. Yeah, because it was like it's a very simple story and everything. Yeah. Like so that. I didn't do the Harry. You asked me not to do the Harry Potter thing there. I didn't. So this is where Harry Potter gets done. You actually asked him not to. Do- 
<laughs> I made a conscious effort not for him to do like, that. Excuse me, Dakota. Like, I know this is your thing, but we're going to need you to just take it down like 17 notches, if that'd be okay. A nice, concise synopsis would be grand. <laughs> All right, but let's, so let's start talking okay. about the major plot beats and everything like that. Harry turns 17. The order comes to ferry him from, to the, from uh, Priver Drive to the borough. An assault happens after that. Now, like, I guess we'll talk about, like, we'll put this in the prison, like, the first time you read and everything like that, this part of the book. So, um, I read, I got this book at midnight, the last midnight release. Um, I had to turn my phone off because my ex, well, my current boyfriend at the time, uh, kept texting me, like, that he had read spoilers and was telling me things that had happened. Ah, Jesus. But he didn't really, it was, like, things that he made up. He's like, Ron dies, and this one, you know, gets hurt. So I turned my phone off, so I refused to go into work the next day if I hadn't finished it. So, um, I literally started the minute I got the book, so it was, like, 1201, because it was, like, the first person in line. So I was, like, reading, like, nonstop. Um, I, I love the first, you know, that scene... I like uh, Dudley's reaction to it all and how, like, it finally dawns on him, like, this is his family and that there's a very high chance that not only will they never see each other again, that, like, somebody can lose their life, and that it was Dudley, the one that had been protected, that had been coddled his whole life, that, you know, was made to be on this high pedestal as the one that took the step to being, like, you know, good luck. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool, and I, I like... I like the idea of that they were still going to protect the Dursleys after Harry was um, out of that spell. Because, I mean, realistically, would anyone really blame Harry if he was like, well, just fuck him. Like, leave him. I don't care what protection no. they're under. No, but I don't he wanted to do that two books ago, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like, so I don't think anybody would have blamed him. So the fact that they still, you know, took these me- measures to make sure that they were safe, um, knowing full well that Voldemort was not. I mean, we all know that Voldemort was not against torturing them to try and get information, not realizing that he literally, they could care less where he went. Yeah. Until that moment when Dudley was like, wait a minute, why is Harry not coming with us? So I thought that was, I thought that was really well done and it was a really good way to start the book. Mm. You know, I, um, I bought the, my mom bought the book like when it first came out, but I actually never read it. And I only read it for the first time about a year and a half ago, and I, like I downloaded it on my phone so I could read it, like, read it on my phone when I was at work. And yeah, I loved it. Um, but when they opens up with that, with the Dursleys leaving and everything like that, they did mention that Aunt Petunia looked at Harry like she wanted to say something. Yeah, like there was that glimmer, that little like sliver of like I should say something. There's something mm-hmm. there, but she lets it pass, which I thought was, I I thought that was dumb thought that was she you know there was there has been moments where she's shown that little bit of like this is my sister's I mean, son humanity and, everything and like this that. is the time like to step up and do it and the fact that deadly who's not capable of anything could do it like there's really no reason that mm-hmm. she let that moment pass yeah no i really appreciate that moment that dudley actually was concerned with harry and like you know actually gave a crap yeah. which actually made me think like after this book i they're never going to address it, but after this book ended, maybe Harry and Dudley could have a uh, cousin cousin relationship, yeah. which I don't think was ever explored. No, and but... I, and I do think that there's a certain possibility. Like if there was ever another story, I would love to see a scene where I presume Dudley probably takes over the business from his father. But he, don't, I mean, I, I know they... he, oh, he probably goes in the same business. As probably goes in the yeah. same business. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then probably meeting up with Harry maybe once a year, like for Christmas or. 
so they're like, kids, like they're family. They're so, still family and everything yeah. like that. And I do think if they like going jumping ahead to the epilogue and there's reconciliation between Harry and Malfoy, I think there's reconciliation that Harry and Dudley could have. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> um, so I really enjoy that scene. I do enjoy that, that moment that he has. And I think it's a, I think we need that moment at the very beginning that kind of like, hey, things could theoretically work out because everything else is just going to be getting lower and perpetually lower yeah. emotionally for the I rest of the book. I think it sets the scene. The fact that they're, you know, they, it's, uh, there's so much preparation and that it's so dire. I mean, not that you didn't know, like having read all the other books, that this is this is it. Now, this is the time that it's going to start getting hairy. <laughs> um, but, like, I think that's why, like, it, that kind of, um, it's almost like a somber, but, like, uh, bittersweet just, yeah like it, it it just felt right to start there mm. because it's like here we go things are gonna get crazy but there's also you know that's it's the end of his childhood that is it the door is closing now it's do or die time mm -hmm. and so the order of the phoenix show up with several other members and they have many people impersonate a harry potter via polyjuice potion Everybody takes a Harry. Feels like, feels like, I feel like it's like a drug that you do. Yeah, right? Like, like, everybody's going to drop a Harry, then we're going after tonight. You get a Harry! You get a Harry! Everybody gets a Harry! Wizarding Oprah. <laughs> Wizard Oprah. And so, Harry, <laughs> our Harry, the real Harry, goes, goes with Hagrid. <laughs> Which is really cool, because that just brings it's you back to circle. the, yeah, the yes. full circle there. And, uh, and then... They're attacked by the uh, Death Eaters and Voldemort flying. No, I don't need a broom, motherfuckers! And Hedwig dies. Elder Wand kind of gets kind of screwed up in the mid of it, but like Voldemort doesn't pay too much attention to it. Yeah, he doesn't have the Elder Wand yet. He doesn't? No. No, no, that's no. right, because... It's buried. Because, yeah, because the... There's their wand locked up. No, 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 no. It's with Ma he. He used Malfoy. He used Lucius's Malfoy's wand. Yeah. wand. Um, and that's why because uh, Voldemort was so angry because it was like, what do you mean? Like, why didn't it work? I was told any other wand it would work. Um, because the phoenixes are no yeah. longer connected. Mm -hmm. And so, and Malfoy's wand explodes in the midst of this yeah, battle. Yeah, like shatters. Yeah. Which is more because of the power of the Horcrux defending itself against itself. Than yeah. From the spell. And so, and he does not realize that at the time. They get to the burrow. We find out Mad-Eye is dead. George is missing an ear. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's gone full Van Gogh. I like that they're so, like, calm about it, too. Like, they're just cracking jokes. Because that's what Fred yeah. and George would do in that See, situation. you know what? But I, I, I think, like, there should have just been a little bit more seriousness in them. Because I think it would have been a little bit more powerful. Because they are so comic relief. They are so, like whatever happens but like kid could have died and it was a little scary so it would have been nice just to see just a little bit more serious and then go back into the jokes but no. that's i just felt like i, I do like it like they right. i do like that they're always telling jokes and that they were so like up until like the end the, but I, I think if they played seriously it would make the next note i think a little it fall a little flat and i mean yeah. that um so Harry stays at the borough for a couple of days and everything like that. Um, Bill and Fleur have their wedding at the borough and everything like that. A lot of people show up while everything's supposed to be protected and everything. We find out a little bit about Dumbledore through Rita Skeeter's new book about yeah. the the possible dark history of Dumbledore. It's the first time we really get introduced mm -hmm. to that. And then we find out. Uh, we also, the 
I'll talk about the Don't Doors Will in a second, but the reason why I bring this up is that, like, this note when Scrimdraw is dead, the Ministry of Magic has fallen. If, like, I think that would have been undercut if they played too serious with Fred and George. Yeah, I I can understand that. Because everybody was so, it was such a joyous moment. And then yeah. here comes the, you know, the Patronus. So. But, so let's talk about Dumbledore's will. Harry gets the uh, golden snitch. I got a golden ticket. Da, 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 da. All right, fine. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I don't, why did you make that evil face, Dakota? That's normally <laughs> when you just join in on the singing. I was so confused. I, was I mean, you it. don't like Wizard of Oz. You, you're not, you're Do you not. not like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I actually don't. What about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? No. What about the book? I never read the book. Jesus Christ, Dakota. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, thank you. Um, Ron gets a Deluminator, and Hermione gets a fairy tale book. Your I do think the Deluminator is like the coolest gadget that I think we've been introduced to in the Wizarding World. Oh, yes. Totally. I think, because even without knowing the full scope of its power, I think it's just. It's so rather cool. illuminating. Huh. Were you waiting to say that when you wrote down Deluminator? No, I just saw I, that. But like, you've made a pun before, I so I'm just like, did. fine. Yeah, I bet you have like a whole list of puns that you're waiting no, for I the entry no, moment. No, I don't. For. I don't really change it. Like, you should. <laughs> no, like. Sidebar, uh, when we were, like, we were shooting on Sunday and everything like that, and we are shooting in the basement, and we had to wait for the boiler to go off because it would have been too noisy audio-wise to leave yeah. it there. And s- second sidebar, uh, I already have a rough cut. Uh, uh, yeah, I sidebar with a sidebar. sidebar subject. I digress from my digression. A fourth wall break and a fourth wall break? That's like 16, 16 walls! Uh, I have a rough cut I want to show you of it uh, when we're done. Roll. And so we're waiting for the boiler to go off and everything like that. So I'm just like, ah, a lot of tail field jokes in the meantime. Everything like that. And of course, the crew turned on me. Yeah, I was shooting behind the scenes footage and he starts really going off. And everyone's like, Dakota, don't even, you're encouraging him. Turn it off the camera. <laughs> so I did. Shut down on your own film. Yeah, <laughs> mutiny. No, no. If you were there, you I yeah. I, well, I probably would have shut you down before you even really got to the rapid. Maybe fire. I'm I a little mean, bit of a Debbie Downer sometimes. Sorry. Sarah was too nice to say anything because Sarah was yes, the sweetest Sarah's, person in the world. Exactly. Sarah, Sarah. So she's not going to be like no. I just right, Tim. I I, I, could, I could shoot Dakota the kneecaps. She'd be like, oh well, you probably he probably yeah. deserved it. You probably no, it would right. probably be like, oh, are you okay, Dakota? Not like you <laughs> just <laughs> shot him. <laughs> be like, oh no. Do <laughs> a cute little text in that. Exactly. Um, so and then and then of course her mind you get the fairy tale book and everything like that. Um, first time reading this, like, do you feel like? Obviously, did you expect these this setup to be paid off with that hazard war, or did you think it was just kind of random things to be used for the uh, for just, Dumbledore's will? I felt like Dumbledore would not just leave things willy nilly mm-hmm. because then he probably would have just gave like Harry a sock, you know? Like he there would there's. From our first conversation. Yeah, like, it would have been like, remember that time that we freed a house elf? You know, like, it wouldn't... Good times. If he was really, like, the senile old man that they were painting him out to be, um, I think that would have played more into it. But it's Dumbledore, so he had a rhyme or reason. So I knew there had to be something, but I I like the idea of the disappointment of the three of them. Because they expected Getting these weird-ass things, like... And Hermione getting a book is fitting, but it's a children's book. It's a book that, like, Ron was like, oh, like, yeah, I know all about them. It's like if somebody, what's a well-known fairy, like Hansel and Gretel. If somebody yeah. gave us Hansel and Gretel, like, now, we'd be like, oh, okay, uh, thanks, yeah. you know. 
No, I I agree with that. It's just like it, it had to play, pay off later. Yeah, it's like okay, it makes sense that even if you weren't expecting that, it makes sense. Okay, Harry was given the snitch because he's the seeker and all that stuff, and you know. But then it's like then even Ron says it for the for the reader, like why he's like I'm not sure why he's giving this to me. We never really ever had a single conversation. No, never. And then Hermione kicks him, and it's like. Shh, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, Ron. Oh, Ron. Unable to see anything in front of him. No. I mean, he's going to make rash decisions later, so it's going to be okay. I think it makes sense, though, for, like, 17-year-old, like, Ron, who's, like, essentially kind of, I don't want to say he's wrote on coattails. I don't want to say that, because it's not right to Ron's character. But Ron's never really had to stand on his own for anything. He always, whether it was his family or whether it was his friends, Mm. there was never, like, Ron's decisions. So it makes sense that this, like, adulthood moment didn't agree well with him. Right. We also forgot one thing that was also will to Harry, sort of Gryffindor. Right, but it wasn't, but, like, oh, he couldn't have it because it's technically not uh, Dumbledore's to give. It's Which a, it's I think pro- technically the only person, like anybody else in the world would have been like, give the kid the sword because it's Harry Potter and it's Dumbledore asking. But since Scourge Moore was so pissed that Harry wouldn't help him, I think that's the only reason. And I think that he was just trying so desperately to figure out why these three things, because he also knew that Dumbledore is not stupid. There is a reason he's giving these particular three people these particular three items. Uh, three and a half. I guess we'll see. Yeah. His hair gets two, but yeah. Oh yeah. So Bill and Fleur have their wedding, and it sounds like such a cool thing, doesn't yes. it? Yes, wedding and, sounds bitching. And you know, I think I think I think it's one of the best things about the first, like the Deathly House Part One. I think yeah. they actually really captured pretty well yeah, in the movie. Agree. Is the adaptation of it? Um, Crumb being there, I love seeing Crumb again. And like runs like what like yeah. Like, <laughs> And I like I that Crumb, What's going on here? When uh, Crumb was like kind of scoping out on Ginny, not knowing that it was Harry. Like you never would have done that with Harry there, but like they no. thought, you know, they're passing Harry along as uh, the their cousin. Yeah, so yes. like, why, like, why is he getting a little defensive? It's almost a little weird. Yeah. So I like that Crumb is like, oh yeah, so that's bye. Like, so that's what these people in the south do, huh? Yeah. Because all the stuff's like for the north and everything like that, oh, yeah. and Durm's Durm's trying the bag, do do host, yeah, yeah. do host match. They just listen to Romstein all day. Yeah. Started singing Romstein, yeah, I know. And so the Death Eaters attack and everything like that. People were like, "Oh my god, we gotta run!" Yeah, but it's introduced to the mo- in the most badass, horrifying way ever. Just Scrimgeour's Patronus just showing up in the middle of everything. And the exact quote is, the ministry has fallen. Scrimgeour is dead. They are coming. Yeah. And just like, holy fucking shit. And he doesn't have like a bitch-ass Patronus. He has a sphinx. Like, that is a scary, like, shadow of an animal to come at you. So... What is a sphinx? So the sphinx is the... Oh, the sphinx. Yeah, it's a major... My, like, lisp that got away from me. Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. Now I feel like I embarrassed you. However... No, it's okay. I'm used to it. Um, The... In the trivia that I... I had went to Harry Potter trivia, just so everyone knows, and it was scary, and I was overly competitive, and the guys didn't come and help me, but... Yo, um, son! <laughs> I threw you right under that bus. The night bus, as a matter of fact. Um, 
<laughs> Technically, no, because a night bus can't run over people because it's magic. It dodged everything. No, it can dodge everything, but if I wanted to throw you under the bus, it could still hit you. Okay, and I'm sorry. I hate to troll, but Shacklebolt's Protoris is a lynx, not. It's a, a sphinx. No, it's a sure? it's a lynx. Hold on. It's a bobcat. Still a very scary animal. Yeah, it's the, it's a fucking yeah. Rar. <laughs> okay, sidebar. What night? What, wasn't it like a night? Like it was like a Tuesday night. Thursday night. What the fuck was I doing? Oh, this it, was a Thursday, Thursday, it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. You were working. Oh. And then I don't yeah, this is before I, I took. This is before I, I took Thursdays off my nice. And schedule. I was just being an introvert, so. Yeah. Be mad at Be like mad at Sphinx, which is the same thing in my opinion, but they're not. You're yeah. Right. But Lynxes are scary. Be, yep, Lynx. If you're going to be angry, but be angry at the uh, verbose guy yeah. who uh, wouldn't come. I literally had, it was only one other Harry Potter fan on a team of five people. So it was me, this girl that knew everything, and then three other people that were zero help. And then. Why um, did ask Harry Potter? Because you should have seen this place. I've never seen this place packed out like that. There were people everywhere. It was like the biggest trivia they've ever had. And like, the, I was getting way too competitive, and I definitely challenged some answers, and I was right for the record. But like, they. So I was the eyewitness. No, well, we challenged it, and they were giving extra points, but they, then they didn't calculate the extra points that they like got for questions challenge so it turned out to be a whole big mess and then i was like i'm never doing hair i'm gonna be the one that comes up with the questions not because it was scary okay yeah. so the trio uh, made their way to 12 grimoire place mm-hmm. and decide they find out that r.a.p is Sirius black's brother yep. they find out from creature who helps out harry that um umbridge has the locket and the, the real locket and has to break into the ministry to do this and your feelings on that, and with the break-in of the ministry itself. Um, I like I liked how the break-in took place. I like that Umbridge is involved, because I feel like you can't introduce a character of that magnitude and then just drop her. I think there needed to be some kind of reoccurrence in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just plays to how sinister she is as a person. I also The fact that she uses Moody's eye is so messed up. Yeah, as the one like, that, that's that's uh, what's, that's what's observing her and like I, how she got away with. But then I guess it's also because it's a Death Eater ran ministry, so they're just like, "What if like we're gonna kill?" But they're not really, they're not officially saying it's a Death Eater. Yeah, it's like low key, and then they're doing like the uh, the Muggle Roundup, the Muggleborn Roundup, um, and the fact that Ron just happens to pick the wizard whose wife is just in jeopardy and um do, 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 yeah, yeah so vi- uh, video uh never mind i was making a jeopardy joke so i what, i the daily double yep uh, okay go on but yeah <laughs> fine i'll just take my old madness and watch jeopardy ever myself <laughs> but yeah so i i thought that was i just thought that was really really intense and i thought it was really well done because Best laid plans usually go to waste, and I like how they planned it out so particularly, but they never planned what happens if they get separated, which, if you look back at most of their schemes, at some point they lose one of them. If not, they all get separated. Yeah. Like, even going back to uh, Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, um, all three of them, all three of them get separated. So they're it's supposed like, to all make it to... Yeah, you start all together, and then you always end up separated. Um so you think they they would have planned that, 
and especially Hermione, which is not, she's not known for her loose ends. Um, so it's kind of fascinating that they, now they're in scramble mode um, and having how close it came. And it's like, can you imagine if it ended there? And it's like, oh, and then Harry was captured and Voldemort killed him. Good night. <laughs> That's it. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, folks. Yes, okay. Anyway, uh, no. So they, the pretty much their their infiltration of uh, of the ministry, I thought was done so well. The fact that they even mentioned that they staked out the place, they targeted the three people that they wanted to transform into because they came in very usually at specific times and by themselves, mm-hmm. which I thought that was brilliant. And then it just felt, you couldn't help but read this and have the mission impossible. Like, dun, no, yeah. Dun, 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 But then it pretty much is like the, like the scene when they go to the, when Ethan Hunt brings it to Langley, like they wear a mask, they infiltrate different people and everything. supposed to get an object and get the fuck out of there and things go wrong. Yeah. And it really happens. It's pretty much almost like beat for beat for in this book. In a way, yeah. In a way, but go on. No, but I love that. Like they get in there, and I'm like, okay, we just stick together. We just gotta find Umbridge, which she wasn't where she was supposed to be because she's on the elevator right in front of them. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, and they immediately get separated, and then I have, oh crap, now we have to go our own way. Like we have to pretend to be these people, and we have no idea where they go inside here. Yeah. So it's just like, oh God, no. So it, I just like the fact that it just fell apart and um, they just flew by the seat of their pants at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I, and then just the, when they finally get the Patronus from Umbridge, that whole scene with the Dementors in the uh, interrogation room. Yeah. In the court. And with like the Dementors yeah. are just literally everywhere. And they're hanging above the interrogation chamber and everything like that. And you're like, Oh God, it's terrifying. Yeah. And then Umbridge's Patronus is patrolling around the pe- the, the, the judge, the jury. Yeah. And which I forget. Well, 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 it's a cat. Of course it is. Yeah, what else would it be? But this is the part where I really, I mean, I think Nikki, you brought up in the sixth book, the fact that everyone seems to be able to conjure, uh, a, a animal Patronus. Yeah. And it was explained to us in the third book that, this was, that was a feat so hard to do. Yeah. I, well, I think it's also, too, it's so hard to do um, by someone so young. So I think that was why, like, everybody was amazed and astonished that Harry had done it in the third year. But I think in the seventh year and beyond, I don't think it's kind of as... Um, remarkable. Yeah, remarkable. It's, like, mind-blowing. I think it was just that Harry was so young and that it is a hard thing to do because... I think it's more the spell work, and but I think it's also how many people were probably pushing themselves to learn it because of the Dementors that were breeding, and that's why all the fog mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think it was more, it was more like people were desperate to do it and had to like practice it, I guess. Um, so I don't think it's as as out of this world anymore. Um, and especially not in a room full of adult wizards. I think it's, it, you know, when it comes down to Dumbledore's army, there should have been more people that struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as good of teacher Harry was to them, I think that there sh- it should have been considered a little harder. And especially on the movie, because everybody's just like, oh, look, yeah. here's a bunny, here's a Jack yeah. Russell Terrier, you know, like, here's this, so. Yeah, uh, the last point about the Patronus thing is actually in that whole scene where after they knock out Umbridge, steal the, the locket, and... 
they get the Dementors out of the room, and it's like, okay, Hermione, we need your Patronus. Okay. And she expects a Patronum, and nothing happens. And she's like, ah, and Harry just leans over to the woman that was on trial, and she's like, she always struggles with this. It's like the little bit of comic relief in that whole situation. It was like, I actually laughed out loud when I read I that. Because, like, you, you have to remember that uh, Harry's disguised as this hardcore Death, Death Eater. Eater. Yeah. So this poor woman. It's probably terrifying. <laughs> yeah, right? she's probably so scared. And here's, you know, this scary, threatening guy that's like, she can't do this spell for shit. You know? <laughs> like, so I think that's kind of what's so, or even, um, it was kind of, you know, for him to be, like, run and telling. So they're getting, like, I, I just picture, like, Voldemort coming up to you and being, like, go to the grocery store. You need to buy groceries. Like, that weird, like, how it doesn't fit in your head. That's how they're reacting to yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And, like, do we ever find out whatever happened to her? That woman? I think they escaped. He said, go get your family and go. Okay. Like, I think they, I think they were able to get the hell out of Dodge. Good. And so... I enjoy this, and I, I enjoy this more than the actual invitation of Gringotts later, because I think, it, I think for some reason, I think it just works better here, and I, or, or maybe I knew something, or maybe because they kind of played the same beat twice with infiltration. That's what I would yeah. have said. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I think it was more that you because you had this and Gringotts in the same book, it was there wasn't enough set. Which I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened, but essentially the stuff that happened was Harry and. Hermione were in the woods for a while, so there wasn't a lot of action mm. to kind of differentiate that for you. Yeah. Oh my god. What? I don't even have to. Uh, Harry, Harry and Hermione were in the woods for a while, and there it was wasn't. Cold. It was a lot of action. I'm pretty sure there was quite a bit of action. <laughs> I'm gonna get to that in a second. So they escape the the uh, ministry. <laughs> they can't go back to the twelve grown up place because they were seen entering in there. So. Yeah. Hermione apparates them out of the, into the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, where the Quidditch World Cup had been. Yes. And so they try and destroy the lock-in and everything like that. It's not working. Ron leaves after the argument breaks out between them because the, the, the Horcrux is evil. is so corrupted to the three of them that all of them are constantly fighting. Very much like how the One Ring of Power in Lord of the Rings is kind of driving Frodo and Sam apart and with Gollum kind of like orchestrate like just feeding on the hate yeah. as it's going well it also didn't help that it's been like literal months have passed since they stole the locket and they were like no closer to cracking it open no despite what they tried to destroy it yeah i mean they, I mean, it, it, they got it at the beginning of like hogwarts term yeah and they, they didn't break it until after christmas yeah yeah and it, you can imagine i mean the insecurity for all three of them and ron never handles stress well, ever. No, he's it's, not great under he pressure. He is not known for being cool, calm, and collected. So when you give him you something... Neville in this situation. That, yeah, I mean, you really do, because Neville's so used to being kind of picked on, so used to being, like, drugged out. I think Neville... Uh, and Neville, I think, is purer, purer of heart, where I think, despite... Ron being essentially good, Ron has a little bit of a jealous streak. Ron has just kind of a, a, a little bit of spitefulness that that locket just hit like a bullseye. Yeah, not to mention all his insecurities. Yeah, on top, because they're doing something. They literally, it's not like there was an instruction manual. It was, hey, we need you to destroy the Horcruxes so you can kill Voldemort. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, that's it. So. Good luck with that, Harry. Yeah. Have fun with that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Pass so, this over to y'all. <laughs> and so the, like, the book kind of is a little bit of a road movie at this point of like them moving from place to place, trying yeah. to keep their presence unknown and everything like that, and trying to destroy the locket. And it, it explodes to the point like, 
what do you expect? And like Harry said, like, what did you expect to happen? That we find a Horcrux every other day, and it'd just be easy, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and we'd just be done in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and Ron was like, yeah, exactly. We thought you had a plan. Because even why think, do you want to do this by myself, guys? Yeah, and like thinking you had a plan too, it doesn't mean necessarily that that's going to happen. Like sometimes the best laid plans take. Years look at the, to accomplish. Yeah, and look at all the plans they've they've done before. Yeah, all of them have failed, and they've somehow skated by. Yeah, and it's it sheer dumb luck, and that's the thing. You know, they specialize in sheer dumb luck, and so I think that was the thing where Ron's immaturity showed the most was that he wasn't prepared for the fact that it was gonna be hard. It was gonna be truly, truly hard, and. The thing that Harry, so Harry understood skipping year uh, meals, and Hermione, I guess, just handled it a little bit better. Whereas, like Ron, Ron's used to his mom doting on him all the time. He's used to these. I mean, every time we see Ron in the movie, what is he doing? He's fucking eating. eating. So you're out in the woods, and you're you're doing what you can, and so it doesn't. It it, it didn't surprise me. The only thing I wish they had built up the tensions there, but I feel like if they had put the level of angst that you see in Order of the Phoenix into that tent, I think it just would have enriched it, enriched it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it it was Ron that you needed to see kind of explode. You needed Ron. I mean, out of the three, who's going to be the one to run off? It's going to be Harry because this is Harry's life on the line, yeah. and it's not going to be Hermione because this is a challenge, and Hermione thrives under that. It's going to be Ron. It's, Ron is the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, in the original, I heard that in the original draft, this is the part where Ron actually got killed off yeah. by J.K. Rowling, but then the editor was like, no. Yeah, I'm glad she didn't kill off. I think the trio needed to to stay. Oh yeah. I think I think it would have changed the the entirety of the story mm-hmm. if he was gone. I'll get into my thoughts about that at the end and everything. But going back to Hermione, blaking her parents' memory <sighs> never sat well with me. No. It makes no sense. I actually, They're gonna die anyway. Well, no, so. They, she completely, and I actually thought this was smart because she completely convinced them that they were different people, that they they are happily married and live in Australia. Like they never had a daughter. She erased every drop of proof, and I'm sure there's like some kind of like intuition there where they feel like they're missing something. But uh, they, I don't think, you know, they would be like, oh, I have a kid that I lost my memory of, but. That was the safest thing for her to do. Because what was she going to do with her parents? Like, where could she have put them? He's a dentist. Like, he wouldn't have been happy hiding in some wizard's home. Like, they they had a whole life outside of the wizarding community. The, the only thing she could do was blank them out. I, and that's a terrible decision. That is a horrible, horrible thing to have to make. And was she able to reverse it? I don't think so. I don't think... I think the way... Um, well, you know what? It's Hermione. So I think if anybody can, it would be her. But those memory charms, I don't think they're that easy to be broken. I mean, look at Lockhart. He's still in... Well, wasn't that, that more... Was different. Because it rebound, right? Wasn't it like a like a misfired spell? Because yeah. it came from Ron's broken wand. Yeah. So I think there is a way she probably could have wrote herself back into this, to their story. Um, which I would like to hope she did, because that is really sad if you think about it. Yeah, well, it just, there's a lot of plot holes in that in her, what she did, though, because ex- we don't really know how close the uh, Grangers were with their extended family. Like, okay, yeah. uh, Grandma... She never, she never really mentions anybody else. Conveniently. Like, if they were, like, if they were close, like, you think that would be kind of... Yeah, but, like, you have a grandparent 
what if they're dead? What happens if they're alive? I mean, they're just not there. They're all of a sudden the great, all, all three Grangers have disappeared. I would have to imagine if she's going through the lengths that she went through to erase her parents' memory, she would erase. I mean, maybe not the you know the fifteenth cousin three times removed, but I'm sure if there was standing a close enough relations, she would have had to have erased her, them too. She would have had to. Okay. Yeah, it, it, just, it just it, the theory is just it just yeah. snowballs and it's like okay, but then it's like if you try to take apart time travel movie and everything like that, like the plot holes like can't start to open up. And like, yeah, why, it, like why couldn't this happen? And th- this is like its own tiny little plot hole, but when you start unraveling, it really makes no sense. Yeah. See, but also I don't know because I know if there was no Facebook, I have family that I would never know. What was going on? And I wouldn't think to call them. And also, this is the nineties. We have to take the fact. There's yeah, so there's the no like social media. There's none of that. So it's not like it's not unheard of for people to not be close with their families. Like I have cousins that I I've haven't seen since I was three. Yeah, no, I'm not close with my extended yeah. family either. But like at the same time, you have like I don't know. I remember growing up before internet and all that stuff. And my mom was on the phone with all her, like the people that she knew. It's not just your people family, it's your family. Well, people called too. Yeah. It's your it's not just your family, it's your the fr- fr- family friends, it's your parents friends, it's your childhood friends that you you just there's so many people that would remember you. I mean, and, you, you got to think of all yeah, the people remember and being able to get, be used against you are two very different things. It's true. I mean like And but, if they never call like I I haven't talked to an, an aunt in a very 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 long time. So if I never called her and there was no facebook i wouldn't know if she's alive or dead okay Uh, you know do you see what i'm saying though yes like i feel like there's a way that it could go the opposite way like i see what you're saying that like there there's somebody there that'll remember you but at the end of the day voldemort searching you they're not calling the person that you went to middle school with they're going to your closest the people that will hurt you the most not going to your mailman yeah, I'm mean, just imagining, just imagining like a like a T1000 from Terminator 2, just like going down every family member list and everything. I'm like, imagine the death like that you're checking doing. it off. Exactly, just saying. The Monty Granger. Yes. Kush, 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 kush. I mean, hell. I mean, uh, sidebar. Like one of my favorite parts in like there's an omitted scene from the T2 screenplay that I have in one of the books, like the illustrated screenplay I have on Terminator 2. You know the scene when they go in the desert and they get all the arms from the uh, like. Spanish compadres for yeah. Sarah. There was a scene where the T-1000 met up with them at night, and they're trying to kill him with all the guns they have, and it's not doing anything. And he, it's like, where do they go? I'm like, Cyberdyne, thank you, and just leaves them, and like kills the father, and like lifts, leaves the place on fire. And I just imagine, see the Death Eaters doing something like that, trying to find out where Granger is. Yeah. And now I just imagine, like, okay, father leaves his dentist practice, closes it up, everything like that, moves to Australia. I guess... I don't know. Maybe they've tried as the workers, like yeah, like Granger and I had a kid and something like that and everything. But I don't know where they went. But this is it is a it, it theoretically it can work if they were very antisocial and didn't have any extended family, so they can just blank their memories and just yeah, no, it, in it, the dead of night. It, this this theory holds up if it's just her parents because they never address any any extended people. Yeah, and like the thing too, like I would imagine that Hermione's mostly removed from. Any extended family anyway. Because, because she doesn't know. she's in the wizarding world. Right. Like, I was just thinking, like, what would have happened, say, like, at Ron and Hermione's wedding? Is she going to invite all of her muggle-born family? Or be- 
or because of statues and things like that, like, wouldn't she just invite her parents? Well, apparently she... Well, we don't know if she recovered her parents, so it's very lonely on the Granger side yeah. of the church. What is it, the Kill Bill or something like that? Like, there's just nobody on that yeah. side of the, the, side of the I church. I went to a wedding where you it, you were told to sit on either side because um, the groom had, like, nobody. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's going to be my wedding. That is not true. I'm dead serious. I can't... I... I if you, I really think about it. There's only like at most twelve people I'm inviting to my wedding. Well, I obviously know the other Nikki's getting an invite, and not me. Damn, <laughs> that's just me. Boys, skis, skis. No. Then you need to reevaluate your twelve. <laughs> Thirteen. Get a compulsive cosplay. Yeah, that would have been a good time to just bag him. <laughs> There's like, a moment there. there there's, there's the moment that Dakota finally snapped and became a woman beater. It's Def- not funny. It was her. Yeah, I know. Hermione Granger's plan. It drove him to slap a slap somebody. Yeah. Oh my god! Can you imagine the like headline like podcast turned violent after <laughs> man finally snaps over loophole. <laughs> if I haven't became a woman hater at at this point in my life, I don't think I ever will be. Podcaster goes postal on, on co-host. Anyway, so Ron leaves. Harry and um, Hermione go to Godric's Hollow on Christmas. And I really enjoyed this part of the book. Agreed. And I enjoy the camaraderie and everything. And, and also, like, and I think definitely that was part one. I kind of I like this part of the movie too. When they go, I think they really I like the mood and everything that's set up yeah. there. I know I'm already jumping to the movie. We'll, we'll obviously talk about that when we do our commentary of it. And then. So they meet up with, I forget the older woman's name. Um, Bethilda Bagshot. Yep. Without the yawn and into the microphone, please. Bethilda Bagshot! Wow. <laughs> you gotta be careful what you wish for. Dakota's on a roll. I, I mean, he's, angry, he's, he's about to attack people now yeah. and everything. Like, Give me the back of my head! I'm slapping, co-hosts. Yelling into the mic. <laughs> this has been anything. Go. You're just gonna hear like thud thud, and it's gonna be like this is Dakota Wegan signing off. Yeah, exactly. Um, Survivor of the podcast. <laughs> That's they there is a new short on. film. Yeah, there we go. Oh man, you could do some uh, damage with the microphone. Oh, yeah. And then Don't you- hit me! Not! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, he's gonna swing at that. I swung it towards me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whack! Like, no, uh, I just put. I literally like mentally pictured you swinging it right back and hitting me with it. I I don't know. I think you're violent today. <laughs> I mean, all right, today. Uh, anyway, so Godric Hollow. <laughs> Godric Hollow. Let's right, get back. Sit on my hands and just not say anything. You you use a sitting on your thumbs, so it's okay. Sorry, I haven't laughed like that since I was a little girl. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you piss. It's making me laugh like that. It's just didn't help me. This podcast has gone off the rails. I know. It's been I'm... off the rails since your synopsis. <laughs> so, Godric Hollow, it's actually... They believe they're trying to find out more about the visions that Harry's been having along with it and, like, where's Voldemort going and everything like that yeah. and where the Elder Wand is. So they go to – what's her name again? Bethilda. Bethilda Bagshot, the author of The History of Magic. So they go to see her, but it's not actually her. It's Nagini in disguise. See, this 
part, if we're going to talk about, like, plot holes and stuff, this is the part that I don't really understand, how a snake the size of Nagini can be inside of a person. And I think that's because I'm so freaking petrified of snakes, I don't really want to think about the logistics of that. But, like, to operate as a person, but still be a snake with a soul inside of you, I'm like... No, she was dead. Yeah, but she... Her body was in the No, in the but house. she was operating as... Didn't didn't the snake kill her? I yes. thought they killed her, right? But then Batilda still was able to move and convince I thought, I thought, Harry and Hermione. No, that I she thought was... I thought that Voldemort had transformed Nagini, the snake itself, no, no, into her. No, but no, she no, like no. he comes. Oh. No, no. The, remember when they walk into the house and there's a weird smell? Yeah, I thought it, it was, was her rotting because Nagini hollowed her out to control yeah. her. Oh, but that's the thing that I, it it doesn't how does. Like, uh, this is how it's frustrating me. How does, a, big, how does a snake that big get inside a torso that small? How, how do we how do we fill our how do we fill our large intestines inside us? And how does and how does a basilisk get through normal toilet plumbing pipes? Not normal. That's oh my god. Okay, mag- okay but seriously, yeah, that's a lot sorry, of no, shit going down those no, tubes to make a snake though, that big. So even, okay, so even if she hollows it out. Fits throughout the body. How does she operate in a way that fools two people to think that she is Batilda and like actually speaks? But I mean, it's parse it's parse Pars- tongue. But still, like it it looks as though she's talking to Harry because Harry doesn't even question it, which is not the first time he doesn't question parse tongue. But Hermione never says anything, so it had to have been uh, slick enough that her it flies under Hermione's radar. And still, like, operate like a heat. That's what I don't get. Now, now, as you pointing out like this and how I'm kind of remembering they, it now, I, I'm just imagining, like, what if, like... I thought they never saw her mouth move. Because she always walks from a distance. Or, like, is not looking at them. Yeah. Yeah, but they still, like... the. So like, you, the still, thing, you Herm- still hear the hissing and Hermione would be like, duh, yeah, that's not right. Harry can hear the hissing... Not magnified by pipes like the basilisk was. Yeah. So it has to be loud enough that Harry can hear it, which you would think that in turn would be loud enough for Hermione to hear the hissing, unless she is so caught up, caught up in the whole, you know, like, what what is going on? Like, why are we, this yeah. something doesn't feel right? Because I think she does say, like, something's not right, but still is able to walk and uh, not talk, but walk and move as though she's a human being. But it's a snake. And I know it's, you know, it's a magical snake. This is not, you know, just an average. It's not even like a possessed snake. Like, this is a full-on snake with a human soul. But I, I, how did it get that kind of power? And I don't think, because was Voldemort ever in Godric's Hollow until then? Or did he send Nagini alone? Nagini, Be- I, I presume he sent Nagini alone. That's what I thought, too. Because Nagini, see, this is how you know this is a book that I know the least. Because I haven't. I haven't formulated my own opinions on it yet. Um, but it's just Nagini, before he realizes that Harry's trying to kill all the Horcruxes, he lets Nagini go out on her own all the time. He sends her to do his bidding. He trusts yeah. her. So he sent her to Godric's Hollow to presumably hollow her out, which is really fucking disgusting now that I'm thinking about it. and really, I'm going to have nightmares. But, so still... Sorry. How do you convince two 17-year-olds, you know, it's not young kids, because I, I could kind of see young kids. I could see, like, if they were 11 again, but in a convincible way that 
nobody questioned it. And even you would have to think that, who was it? Wasn't there somebody that had been trying to check on Matilda? Matilda? Not Matilda. Hmm. But I thought somebody said that they were trying to call her and things like that. Like, nobody in the village, because Gajakalo seems like a super small, like, close-knit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a wizarding community. So it's not like, you know, you're hiding in... Mixed. It's a mi- but it's like a safe haven for wizards. That's why that uh, that's why the Potters went there in the first place. Went there in the yeah. first place. So it's kind of like um, it's not as inclusive as Hogsmeade, but it's it's on the the level there. So how did nobody there realize she was dead either? Because that would have gotten out. Maybe by they the probably way. saw her walking around at night. And it's like, yeah, oh, no, she's exactly. still moving. So okay. nobody caught on to like there was nothing that disturbed. Because I just don't. How does a snake? Shape shift in such a convincible way. Magic. Magic. I know. Thank you, Captain. Uh, uh, obvious. Uh, I know, but I know, but I want a backhand. No, <laughs> but like backhands everywhere because snakes don't have the kind of magical properties that you know. It's not like he's an, anim- an animagus. Like it's not like he's uh, serious. You can turn into a dog. Like this is a, a true blooded animal. Yeah, but then you're. But then you're. Then but. We he, we know that Nagini actually can do all this stuff because Voldemort sends Nagini to do his bidding. To do bidding, but not turn into people. It's not like this when is part she of his bidding. Sit in Godric's Hollow and wait for Harry yes, fucking Potter. Exactly, and I agree with that. But and just like when they sent him into the Ministry to try and like what is it, the Department of Mysteries? But Nagini kept her snake form, so I, which. Now that I think about it, why did nobody ever go, hey, there's a snake. Like, don't they have, like, wizarding security systems? It's like CCTV. It's England. But <laughs> whatever. So it's the 90s. They didn't yeah, like, maybe they didn't do that. No. But, like, you see, so if she always used her snake form, how, how, how? <laughs> like, uh, J.K. Only, Rowling, we need answers. Yeah, like, the only thing, like, I'm thinking about now is that, like, you've seen Insidious, right? Yes. You know, like how, like the the bride, like the black bride, and everything like that. That's what I'm imagining what she looks like. Yeah, like that's what and, I'm saying. And, and, and like, and just and then all of a sudden, just open up it was and still a snake a comes out. But Harry went upstairs with her, so he had to have been close enough with her to go, like, to follow her upstairs. So it never dawned on him that that's like a rotting. Because like they thought she was just like an old. Because like history yeah. magic has been written so long ago, and that she is such an old lady. Yeah, but like. And wouldn't like, there be rigor too? Like, wouldn't so wouldn't unless like, he's been using magical properties to keep her nerves. Rigor does wear. Rigor actually does wear off after uh, after time. Time after time. Fun it, fact. So if it if it wears off after time, wouldn't you you still kind of be in a position though? Like you're not going to be like a like a flex Armstrong. Yeah, you're not Lucy Goosey, but you can still manipulate the body. But how does the snake and, do that? And, but also, like, yeah, you guys put put into the context that the fact that Harry's visiting his parents' grave. Yeah. He's in such an emotional state, yeah, and he's so mentally there. and physically exhausted at this point that he's pro- he's not firing all cylinders right See, here. Okay, but then what about Hermione? Same. I mean, because she's, I mean, she's not followed. I mean, she's, she's not in the same the emotional state. Yeah. Like, yeah, but she is emo- like you like when your friend gets upset about something, like especially like a family member lost. Especially they're you. so close at this point. Like they're, they're and, just... and they've been such in such proximity for yeah. such a long time, especially on this journey. Thank you. <laughs> I'm telling you, they did it. They must have. In the movie, at least. It's, they definitely hinted at it. Oh, yeah, in the movie, they definitely hinted at But I don't know. Anyway, keep going. They, they crossed wands for sure. Um, no, that's like if Rod and Harry were alone in the woods. That's Why true. Why is this clicking? 
I don't know. Do you hear that? Do it again. I don't know. I do hear the clicking. I do not know why. Okay. That's it's the mic stand. Unsolved so, mysteries. That's why I was uh, Yeah, about. unsolved mysteries. Like, well, how does a snake survive inside the body of a yeah, human? Yeah, I'm just saying. it has its tail in her nervous system. Yeah. But, all right. Her we, you know, are pulling the strings. My, that's literally, dun, I think it's such dun, a cool dun, scene. Dun. And I think it's literally gives me nightmares. And it will tonight. But I, that's the only thing that I just don't, I don't fathom how it happens because I can understand too, if there was more like trolls, not trolls, um, goblins have their own brand of magic or you have hell selves that have their own brand of magic. But essentially a snake's still a uh, snake. Unless Voldemort went there first. And that's what I thought. Like maybe he like, and Voldemort can, ca- I'm sure there's no like casting limitation on Voldemort's I mean, snake. He zombies. Yeah. So like they're, they're, the inferi. Yeah, the inferi. So he probably hollowed her out. So the, he Unless she's in. an inferi and then Nikini hopped in. Ha ha! We solved it! <laughs> somebody was probably screaming at their speakers for like I'm past so 15 sorry. minutes. I'm so no, sorry. No, not you. Like, somebody's been sitting at the, like, what the oh, hell? Yeah, like, this funny? whole time they're like, it's an infuriate. It's, it's an infuriate. Like, God it's damn it. It's an you idiot! Like, you're making me infuriated. I doubt it. I highly doubt there's that many people that put that together. Oh, oh that was a smooth <laughs> saving right there. <laughs> and so. We'll they, find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Anyway. They escape. But the seat of the pants, yet again. And Voldemort's pissed off. Yeah, he's pissed. And, like, Harry's head is ready to split open like a conniption at this point. Except. <laughs> Voldemort figures out who stole the Elder Wand. Yeah, in that moment. Yep. Because of a just conveniently placed picture of, um, what's Grimwald. Grindelwald. Grindelwald. At the, in her, it was in her house, right? Yep. And he says he went out the window a very similar way. He says, realized that's what the memory is. It's like, what's that? Well, no, there was a the pic, there was a picture of Dumbledore and Grindelwald like in Bethilda Bagshot's house, right? Yeah. Which can kind of cast Grindelwald is her nephew, uh, grandson, something like that. They're related, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so because that's because Dumbledore's family also lived in Godric Hollow. Yes, that's how Dumbledore and Grindelwald met. And then Harry's like, why didn't he tell me he lived in Gajikala? Well, I mean, that is kind of fair. Like, when you think yeah, oh, about yeah. it. Like, oh, you, you're a par- you so, were born in Gajikala. Guess where I grew up. Yeah, and you know what? Like, that's something I think he probably should have told Harry. You have this kid. Especially during so, the visit. Yeah, so desperate for just this connection to his parents, as any orphan, I'm sure, is. Mm-hmm. You think he would have thrown him that bone um i do think it's very interesting i like that we saw a more human side of dumbledore we stopped seeing him from just harry's eyes we get to see him i mean dumbledore still will be my favorite character and uh you know the i don't want to say the demonizing but like how it a lot of tables turned on him very quickly let's bring it up let's like the yeah. Spears novel exposing dumbledore's dark past near the revelations you hear about in this book your feelings on yeah because that's it's so just like I don't feel that Snape is ever truly, like, um, vindicated, I think he's still, you know, bad. I, I think Dumbledore is inherently good. I think there was a time that when he was young and he was stupid and this grasp for power, he didn't realize exactly the magnitude of his actions and things like that. And I think you can't cast away all the genius that he did 
for his power. And he, I mean, Grindelwald is not exactly the best company. We find out he literally sets the stage for Voldemort. Yeah. If there was no Grindelwald, I don't think Voldemort would have rose to power as quickly as he did. He literally just based himself off of that rhetoric. Um, so I think that it's good to see that it's not just here's this amazing idol and here's it's like wait a minute there's a lot more to the this old man than what we originally thought what harry knew and i think i kind of like that little hint of betrayal because it's the hero's journey like he had to have this disillusion of dumbledore to kind of stand on his own what she said Sorry, I was reading ahead in this thing. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Your feelings of door is like dark past being revealed. Okay, so yeah. Um, it was a little disheartening to actually really read through that as a reader. Mm-hmm. Like, you're experiencing exactly what Harry's going through. Because in the first six books, it's like, this guy is a fucking awesome he, he badass. He walks on water. Yeah, he's, yeah, he walks on water. And then all of a sudden, it's like, he did what? He was into what? He was friends with who? And I think, and I think I know. I think what? <laughs> I think I know where the parallel is. Comes like, okay, when you're kids, your parents are superheroes, right? Yeah. And if you have a very happy relationship and everything like that, that, that we're going on the pretense of that, your parents are superheroes. And you get older, you realize that they're fallible. They realize they have made mistakes. They realize that they're human. Yeah. Yeah. And they may have done stuff that you were not, you wouldn't approve of, and everything like that. Like my dad was a huge jock, and like and kind of like a kind of like a fraternity dude and everything. I would never have hung out with him in, in college and everything like that. I would never have, like, I may have, like, had a class with him. I may have had a group with him. But I never would have probably hung out with him. And then you and if you find out, not only that, like, like say if you, like, your dad, like, you find out your parents, like, did some, like, dirty shit or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, like, uh, as a prank and stuff like that, we, uh, yeah. we lit, like, dog shit on fire or we mess up somebody's uh, lawn or anything like that. But you find out it's the ultimate of it. There was an almost kind of start a possible genocide based on the because they thought it was for the greater good the greater good is the ultimate form of this kind of disillusionment yeah. of your parents and that's kind of too because like it's not that i don't think dumbledore would have let it gone so far and he was the one that essentially put the kibosh on it. yeah but you know best laid plans sometimes that happens you know they say like the road uh, hell is paved with, with good, good intentions. intentions. So I think Dumbledore being like that ultimate intellectual, like just like Dodge uh, describes him, that he was just so thirsty for knowledge, just so wanted to keep pushing himself further. That's why he saw a lot of himself in Voldemort. That's why Tom Riddle fascinated him so much. But the problem is like Dumbledore leaned good. So that's when he realized that, like, the whole grit, it literally blew up in his face with Ariana. Mm -hmm. So, whereas Tom Riddle just kept going on that bad path. Right. And it's this quest for, it's like, you know how they say the genius and insanity? There's, like, that fine, fine line. And I think that's the problem. I think, you know, sometimes people are too smart for their own good. And, I mean, essentially that's, like, science fiction in a nutshell is that, like, how science's progression sometimes is detrimental to humanity yeah, because no, like, your, your quest to go further you don't realize what you're leaving what you're what you're ruining in your wake uh, i will quote the great ian malcolm yeah if scientists were concerned if they thought they can do it they never stop and wonder if they should and you slap it on the side of a lunchbox and, and you tell you yeah, have to sell it okay um but i mean harry does goes through this kind of twice uh, first with his, finding out his dad was 
this big asshole in in at Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, and where he actually had sacrificed getting caught by uh, Umbridge to talk to Lupin and Sirius. Mm. Like, was my dad really a douchebag? And so it's like, oh no, he. Yes, he was, but he grew out of it. I mean, and then this is the second, but this is the second time where yes, he's finding out. I mean, Dumbledore has done darker shit than his dad would yeah, ever like, do. Like he's almost yeah. deified, deified Dumbledore in his eyes. Yo, yeah, no, I get that. But at the same time, it, like the parallel here is like, okay, so Harry had Remus and Sirius to talk to, to about his dad. To like, can you explain this to me? No one's there to explain this to Harry. Like, is this true about Dumbledore? Yes, all I hear from second and like because Dumbledore never talked about himself. Dumbledore mm-hmm. never. Dumbledore was befriended Harry, and Harry had no clue who this man was. No, and and like even to the point that Harry says that uh, like, like I know do not know who this man was. Yeah, it's like I he's I thought not in my highlight, but, but I do not know who he was. Yeah, I'm going to tell you anything about him, but other than. He's Albus Dumbledore. Yeah. And it was, I think it was like, uh, watchmojo.com did like their top 10 ranking of like the most powerful wizards in, uh, Harry Potter. I think I tagged you guys in that yes, video. I watched that. That was a good one. Yeah. And like the, 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 the top three ranking that Voldemort was number three, Grindelwald was number two and Dumbledore was number one. And like, do you really think that Grindelwald was probably the, the better sorcerer than Voldemort? Um, no, probably not because he had the elder one. Voldemort did all of that without the, the Elder One. It's true, but like... But, and you know what? We I don't think it's fair to... to judge by to now. To judge that yet. I think as the Fantastic Beasts movies continue, I yeah. think we'll have more of a basis. But I, I would probably err to say that Voldemort is probably... However, they might be going off the base that had there been no Grindelwald... But same thing I said earlier that I I don't know if Voldemort would have yeah. roasted power. Yeah, you know, just like had there been no World War One, would Hitler really have gone where he had gotten in right. Germany? But it's funny every time we bring up Voldemort and Hitler, it's brought up. Yes, though Grindelwald is more Hitler than Voldemort is. Yes, he is. Uh well, essentially, honestly, I think they're kind of level on that. I think it's just that Voldemort didn't have like a saying. No, I you mean, know? like. Like, Voldemort's like the neo-Nazis compared to, like, the Nazis that, yeah. like, Grindelwald was. Cause, Bless cause you. Grindelwald, I would have probably went more Goebbels for Grindelwald and then Hitler for Voldemort. Go- Go- Goebbels was the head yeah. of the propaganda of for uh, the Nazi party. How do I not know this? Because uh, you're a history nut. You should know that. I'm a huge uh, World War II history nut. I never I know sh- who the fuck Goebbels is. Yeah. Like if you watch, yeah, like he, he like in Inglorious Bastards, he's the guy who who's like he's the one hosting the event where Hitler goes to see the and movie. I think and he's colder. Out. I think he's just. I think. Well, I mean, obviously, I didn't know him, but like, I, I I get the sense that he was a colder, more calculating, where Hitler's more impulsive. Yes, which is why I would go Voldemort for Hitler. So wouldn't you say uh, Himmler? Himmler was also very calculating and yeah. everything like that. And then if we want to go down a Nazi party history and everything, then you have Joseph Mengele. I mean, like, yeah. that's... Then who's Mussolini in this situation? Uh, Mussolini, <laughs> like, oh, he... Fudge. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not Fudge. It's not Fudge. No. Poor Fudge. No. Pro- Would you go Lucius. Umbridge? Oh, Lucius. Yes. Yes. Lucius would be Mussolini. Yeah. I would a person who has power, but, like, by the end, like, never respect and everything like that and everything. Yeah. And, like... How do you say the doctor who, um... Oh my god. The the doctor that you said his name before and I can't. Mangalay. Thank you. That would be Umbridge. And the Angel of Death? I can see that. 
yeah, he's the one who did all the experiments in like in uh, Auschwitz and everything like that. He's the one like experiment like with like the like Jewish um, uh, horrible jo- horrible yeah. horrible joke here, but so he created the super soldier formula. I knew you were going there. I knew it. I knew we were going to go there. Kind of. And, and, like, he was the inspiration <laughs> I feel for, so like, proud the... of myself. I'm like, I got the nerd reference. <laughs> yeah. As Captain America would say, I got that reference. <laughs> Finally. It only took us how many podcasts, and I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, and he was the inspiration yeah. to probably Slayer's greatest song, Angel of Death. Anyway, moving on back moving to Harry Potter. Moving on. Harry Potter. Back to um... Harry goes to see the Patronus, finds that, hey, there's the sword of Gryffindor. I should probably, probably, oh, shit. Yeah. Locket tries to drown him. Locket goes psycho um, because it's enemy. Yeah, yeah, it's enemy is so near, which is, I think that's the kind of cool part that Harry is able to wield the sword of Gryffindor. Because you would think, I think it's just that Harry's soul is powerful enough to to block out that uh, part of him, that you know, the part of Voldemort, because he can, this is not the first time he's wielded the sword of Gryffindor. And um, so I think it's kind of cool that the locket itself defended itself against the sword, but it's mm-hmm. not Harry that was, that yeah. couldn't handle it. And so Ron's the one who shows up, drags him out of the frozen lake and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, locket, like, like Ron tries to destroy the locket, the locket shows a kind of like a vision of what, has happened and everything like that. Like saying that like Harry and Hermione and may have uh, explored each other and such. And then <laughs> Harry and Ron's like, fuck, each other. Ex- like <laughs> fuck this shit. Spash the locket. And it was the singing the Deluminator that brought him back. Yeah, Actually, there's a quote here on the Harry Potter wiki uh, for the, the, that chapter. Yeah. Love it. I actually just giggled about it uh, when I first read it. It's like, Ron Weasley, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I left. I know I was a uh, uh, Harry Potter. You you sort of made up for it tonight. Getting the sword, finishing the, off the Horcrux, saving my life. Ron Weasley, that makes me sound a lot cooler than I was. Harry Potter, stuff like that always sounds cooler than what it really was. I've been trying to tell you that for years. Yeah. Uh, so, think. It's kind of cool that the locket acts as a reverse mirror of res. Like yeah. it, it shows you exactly what you your your fear. biggest fears are, mm-hmm. opposed to the res that shows you your your heart's wants. Evil, evil naked Harry and evil naked yeah. Hermione. And there's a out. lot of a lot of full circle though. You do get a lot of a lot of crossover from book one to book seven. I actually never made that connection, so you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but also, like I mean, like if there was all right, if there was like one magical item from the wizarding world you could have what would it be the rememberal no i'm just kidding no it's the first thing that came into my uh, head would you oh. remember the text back and everything like that yeah <laughs> no I, I, remember, I, I just I feel like neville no yeah but that, that, that's that's is just like having a string on your finger at that point like yeah i'm supposed to remember something but i do not remember what I, i'd a thousand percent be neville i'd be like i know i'm forgetting something but i don't know what it is um Wait, come back to me. Do you know what you? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think I, 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 I want to experience at least the mirror. I'd want to see the I mirror. Wouldn't, oh, I, I don't. Would, I don't I, want I, to. I, I, I'd because want what to... if you can't accomplish that? Like you'd be stuck, like Harry with his parents. Mm. I live with all, I, I, my head is my that old mirror thing. I can't get out of my head. So that was like cool and sad at the same time. Like I was like, oh, and then I was like, ooh, like. At the same time. Yeah, a little perception into my psyche, yeah. yeah. What did Dumbledore see? He saw his sister. It was his sister. Okay. Sister, I, I was, yeah. like, I, like, he lied that about me. the socks. Yeah. And he was seeing his sister, and that's like his greatest, like, yeah. because, and 
of one object. Ah, oh, God. Yeah. It is really hard. Can we come back to that? Okay, yeah. Can we put a pin in it? <laughs> yeah, we'll put a pin in it. And so. It would either be a broom or the invisibility cloak. I wouldn't want the broom, though, because people look at you really weird flying around. Well, I'm a, I'm scared of heights and flying, so... Yeah. Why would you want the broom? Because you're flying! You can hover around your house at a low, low... <laughs> you want, no, you give want me, like, the kid, the, the, the kid one. one. <laughs> give it, like, three years. We'll have those, so... Okay, and so... So they realize, like, like oh... Going through the fairy tale book, Hermione says, like, oh, I recognize this symbol that... Xenophilia Lovegood had the same symbol around his neck. So they go and visit him, and he's like, What are you fugitives doing here? What are you doing here? Please leave. Like, no, no, we need to find out about the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. And he's like, All right, fine. I'll stall. Yeah. And tell you about the Deathly Hallows. And you can't, I, you know, you can't get mad at him. No, I, I do not blame his him. His whole him. life is Luna, and I, like, who doesn't love Luna? So, like, I don't, I wish he would have just been like, Tell them because they do. You really think they would have not helped him get Luna back? No, no but I feel like they would have. They would. The Deathies wouldn't have trusted him. They probably would have killed him at that point. Yeah. They probably killed Luna because they probably thought you well, tipped them off. Well, and that's why though. Like they made sure that they were seen. Like they made it a point that the Death Eaters saw them before they disappeared. Yeah, because they wanted them to be like, no, like he had a chance. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. He's not a good liar. No, but I mean. When they're in the, their house, and it's like, oh, Luna's room is upstairs. You can check it out or stuff like that. And they wander up, like they hang out, and they go up to Luna's room, and it's like that scene made me so like fall in love with Luna all over again, but made me so depressed as well. Oh, with, her with yeah, the mural she painted on her ceiling yeah. with Harry, Ron, Ron, Hermione, Neville, and her, and it said friends, and it was just like you're yeah. so sweet, but like that's like. I feel so heartbroken for you. Like, I agree. That wait, is was a charm. Ginny up there? Was Ginny painted too? Or I can't remember, to be honest. Okay, I think that's the charm of Luna, is that Luna, that's why I love Luna and Neville and like the idea of them. It's because they're both so inherently good. Yes. They're just so good. And there's this, I think what's perceived as dreaminess with Luna is really more of this like crazy self-aware. Um, just she... She knows that she's a little odd, but she owns it. She, you know, she cherishes the people around her, even if her friendship's a little looser than what she'd want. Um, there's just so much, uh, just, just good. Like, there's just so good about Luna. And that's, I agree. Like, it is, it's one of those things where you're like, oh my god, that's so sad. And that's why I think it's even more of a, a possibility that you forgive, I'm not saying his name because I'm just Mr. Lovegood. Yeah. Because it's like he loves this, you know, this little odd child. So I don't blame him one bit for. I probably would have sold them down the river. Too. Yeah, and but, but, <laughs> to get Luna by. <laughs> but but the thing is, we do find out about the Deathly Hallows, and yeah. so it was useful. Yes. that they almost got captured. We find out that and he was painted up. She was the, good. And so the story of the Deathly Hallows is that. Three wizards were trying to cross a river, and they were like, all right, let's build a bridge and cross the river. So they do that. Amidst trying to cross the bridge that they had just used magic for, death comes to them and says, you have cheated me. You owe me a debt, but you have beaten me, so I'm a fair person. You can get one thing from me. 
And what is it? So one wizard asks for power. power. Mm -hmm. So he gets the Elder Wand. Mm -hmm. One person asks for... Does he ask for invisibility? No, I think it's the power to... Disappear? Uh, It's not the power to cheat death, because that's the resurrection stone. Yeah. Uh, Just a side note while he's fact-checking, this is my favorite part in the movies. I think this was done beautifully. Yes. It might be one of, like, my top five favorite cinematic moments of all time. I mean, I love... I mean, we're going to get to it, but I just vividly remember... I. Like uh, the rest of the movie, kind of like moved. especially with with Emma Watson's like voiceover. Yeah, I think that's but, the an, but the animation that went with it was so gorgeous. Yeah. And it was just awesome. I'm I reading the. It. I'm reading it now, so yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, and so and finds that all three of them get. Okay, so the oldest brother, who is a combative man, asked for a wand more powerful than any in existence. Uh, the second brother, who was an arrogant man, decided that he wanted to humiliate, humiliate death still further and asked for the power to recall others from death. Uh, and the third brother asked, uh, and then de- death asked the third and youngest brother what he would like. The younger- uh, I have a Coke. I have a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, did I say his reference there? Uh, the youngest brother uh, was the humblest and also the wisest of the brothers, and he did not trust death. So he asked for something that would enable him to go forth from that place without being followed by death. And death, most unwillingly, handed over his cloak of invisibility. Yeah. And so, and we find out that the two brothers die because of their own, uh, what's the phrase I want to say? Like their own hubris, pretty much, that kills both of them, except for the third one. Who was fucking smart. Yep, and he always hid himself. And when time came... He passed the cloak to his son, and he greeted death like an old friend. Yes. That was my favorite line, that he yeah. greeted death like an old friend. And I and, think that's the best part. Uh, if, even of the tales of the beetle and the bard, like, that's the best story. They're all really good, oh, too, but so, that's yeah. that's the best Actually, part. I read through them all, but yeah. yeah. And it's very, it's a very similar line in, like, like, my favorite moment in the Doctor Strange movie. Um, did you see Doctor Strange? I didn't. Um, I did not either. Oh, I'm just blowing my nose. Okay. Uh, they're like... Doctor Strange, like, you, you don't mind if I spoil this? No, go ahead. Doctor Strange, like, captures, like, he freezes Dormammu, the big bad of it, person who, who exists outside of time and everything. He freezes them in a time loop. Yeah. A paradox that will just keep repeating itself over and over like and over. Like Groundhog's Day? Yes. But it's like, it's like 30 seconds. He keeps... He, the keep 30 seconds will keep... Repeating until Doctor Strange says, I'm done. And so, Dormammu's is like, I will kill you for eternity. And he's like, Pain and I are old friends. So, it just has a montage of, like, Dormammu killing yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch over and over again. For some reason, just like, Pain is an old friend. It's like, how he delivered that? I'm like, ah, oh, for some reason, that just came. It, yeah, it hit home. It hit home, like, oh. was the Greek god that was punished by Prometheus. eternity of, pe- right? The... Eyes were picked by yep, because he gave fire to he gave fire to humans. It was Prometheus. That's what that reminded me of. Yeah, I can see that now. I like too that the how do you say it? the Peruvial brothers? How do you, the Peruvial? How do you say their names? Who's the the three brothers? There, do you remember their last name? I do not. Oh, because uh, they're all from Gothic, uh, Godric Hollow as well. They're descendants. Harry's a descendant, and so is Voldemort. Uh, yes. No. Uh, oh. I, I understand Harry being descended because the invisibility cloak being a family heirloom yeah, and everything and like the resurrection that. stone was uh, the ring from the Gaunts. Yes. So um, I don't I don't know who was the 
there had to be a third. It's almost like Game of Thrones, which you still, you don't, don't watch or anything, right? I've watched a little bit here. Yeah. And everything like so that. They're, they're supposed to be three heads uh, to a dragon. I, I, I mean, I feel like uh, the roll out the genealogy map on the size of the floor and everything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. If we were ever to podcast, it would take us like seven podcasts per book. I'm still – it's taken me years, and I'm still not done with the second book. Jesus. Yeah, I keep putting it down because I get so frustrated with it. Um. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione, like, escape back to the woods, but they're followed, they're captured, and they're taken back to the Malfoy Mansion. As they're being tortured by Death Eaters and everything like that. And Bellatrix Lestrange decides to have a one-on-one torture uh, time with Hermione. And your feelings in this set piece when they're in the Malfoy Mansion. Because I love alliteration, that's why I'm phrasing it like that. <laughs> um, well, I like that you see uh, Ollivander. And I like that we we know Luna is okay. Um, and I think it's kind of fitting that they're in the Malfoy mansion um and that that's the home base for um for Voldemort because I liked that the black family mansion was the home base for the alternative so I I like that parallel um especially since it's you know they're related um and how excited they are that they call it like it was just the what are they like they're bounty hunters like but do they have a special name or is it just oh the catchers the catchers there we go so I like how like they're like so excited about it and like Snatch- Bellatrix is snatchers, snatchers. close enough, catchers, catchers, <laughs> snatchers, yeah, Link, Sphinx, whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah, I like that they're like so like, look at us, we did that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So um, and how kind of exuberant Bellatrix is that they that she has them. Because she's like, yes, I can well, finally be his favorite again. Until yeah. the, she pulls out the sword, of, they show the sword of Gryffindor, then she's like, no, we are not calling him. Yeah, because now she knows that something, uh, yeah, that somehow her vault was broken into, right? Because yeah. they have the yes. replica in there. Yeah. And I was like, double check me, guys, because I'm not no, the no, good the with replica, this one. The, what she believes is the real way, which is the replica stored in the vault. Yeah. Yes. And Dobby comes in and saves the day, pretty much, and then frees them from the uh, the shackles of the dungeon of the Malfoy Mansion and everything like that. How do you say this is the last name? But I can't say it. Uh, Peverell. Peverell. The Peverells. Peverell brothers. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's gonna bother me until I knew how to freaking say. But it. go to your feelings on this sequence. Okay, so I actually thought this was really good. The build up to it, and then obviously everyone's jubilated until. Yeah. She figures that out. And so she decides, okay, throw Harry and Ron down the dungeon. I'm going to torture the mudblood to figure out what the hell is going on. Right. So they throw him down there. And this is where Ron and Hermont, uh, Ron, Harry and Ron figure out that Luna's okay. Um, because she, they're not the only people in, in the dungeon. Yeah. yeah. Luna's okay. Dean is there. Yes. Uh, Grip Hook, the goblin, is there. And Ollivander's there. But Ollivander's in the worst shape of all of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah so the, he's been in there the longest. Yeah, he's been in there. Which is going to be weird when we watch this because John Hurd being pa- passing away recently. Yeah. It's going to be really tough to watch that scene. Yeah. Uh, but so, so they're down there and they have literally no way out. No. They hear Hermione being tortured upstairs and they don't want to leave leave her for dead. And it's so that Bellatrix picked Hermione. Of course, like she would pick Hermione. Yeah. Over not even just because she's Muggle-born, but because of everything else they have all been through. Right, and Harry and that has a. Uh, we forgot to mention Harry, 
Hagrid gave uh, Harry a sat like a magic satchel mm. where he could throw a lot more stuff in there than normal. Yes, and in there was the broken mirror shard from the mirror that uh, Sirius gave uh, Harry. Mm. And every now and then Harry will take it out, but he'll see like the like a eye that looks like Dumbledore. Yeah, and during the scene where they're panicking because he need to get Harry uh, her, uh, Hermione out, Harry digs through it trying to figure it out and sees the mirror and holds up and sees the eye there and he says we need help send help send help and then the eye vanishes and then out of nowhere Dobby yep here's that uh Dobby pops up they're like okay we don't know how you got here get the fuck it get everyone out of here yeah go 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 and then they, the crack was heard upstairs they're like go Wormtail you go check and Wormtail's like, okay, <laughs> opens the gate and everything, goes in and they clock him and knock yeah, they, him the hell they out. they ambush him, but... I must feel bad for him. I almost, like, I want almost. to. Like, there's, like, that sliver that I'm like, Ugh, and then I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, but... No, he, then he killed saying? Cedric. Yeah. He yeah. killed Cedric. Cedric. So, but, yeah, so they try to get the jump on him, but Wormtail overpowers him, and then he's, like, kind of choking out Harry, and Harry's like, you're really gonna kill me after I spared your life? Which, this was the most anti-climatic death in the book because after harry said that the magic hand kind of just like uh like you know from liar liar where the hand just yeah <laughs> yes pretty much did that but strangled his yeah, hand like, choked ah! out Wormtail till he died it was like the ultimate betrayal because at in the end of the day voldemort knew that Wormtail can't fully be trusted no. at the end of the day he'll do what's in his best interest not what voldemort's best yeah. interest so i think I, I didn't find, I mean, I guess it is a little anticlimactic, but I it thought it was kind of really, like, I thought it was like poetic justice in a it, sense. It, in a way, but it happened in like less than a paragraph, his death. I mean, some of them have. Like, I mean, a lot of the deaths happen pretty quickly. I mean, like, we, we Mad Eye gets killed off screen pretty much. Edwig, off the, boom, yeah. done. Yeah. In that Ramus and Dogs. As, like, for like a villain that you want to see their comeuppance, Wormtail, like, I mean, there's 13 souls that are very happy now that he's gone. True. Yeah. So, so they the hand turns against him and everything. It like chokes that. him out. Chokes so him then, out. yeah, Harry and Ron then go upstairs to duel with Bellatrix and everything. Yeah, because now they have Wormtail's wand. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so it, they get the jump on them. I, Harry somehow wrestles Draco's wand away from him. Yes, he he disarms him. Yeah, and then, so there it's Hermione... So they free Hermione, but then Bellatrix has a has a dagger on her, which yep. is like okay, that fight, like in the Wizarding World, someone's actually going to use an actual weapon on mm-hmm. someone else. She throws a knife, Dobby. Dobby, yeah, Dobby's going to uh, teleport them, apparate them out of there. But yep. as soon as he apparates, Bellatrix's nut dagger is thrown into like where they were. Yeah, get, that gets sucked with them. So now they're at uh, Bill and Fleur's uh, seaside cottage. Yes. And um, they're like, oh, we made it. And Dobby's just bleeding out because he has a dagger in him now. Yeah, and Dobby dies. And Dobby dies. <sighs> which everyone is upset about except me. Uh, no, I don't know why you're not even remotely upset. Because Dobby, Dobby fucked up Harry so bad. I guess, I mean, I guess I can understand where you're coming from because I still don't forgive Snape. That was Snape. five books ago. But, like, I feel like Dobby's just this quirky part of 
Harry's childhood, and here's yet another person that Harry truly cares about, even though their friendship started in a weird way. Horrible way. Yeah, so, I I mean, at the end of the day, he really was trying his bet- best to protect him. and By killing him. But you know, too, like, with Dobie, like, he his brain doesn't work like everybody else's. Yeah. He's got a very... If Dobby succeeded, Voldemort wouldn't have came back. I feel like Luna and... Like, Luna's the human version of Dobby. Like, she has this, like, quirky, like, odd beat way of thinking about things. Right. And, like, she goes about things differently and, like, in her the beat to her own drought. So I think that's the thing with Dobby, where I think he really... Yeah, he did He did a really shitty job, but you also realize he grew up in a really shitty household, so, like, he thought he was doing good. So I, I feel like there's... I, you don't have to, like cry over the loss of him but i think it is really yeah. significant to harry and the fact that he hand digs that grave yeah which does yeah. end up leading to grip hook like really like that really respecting harry it's like you're not just a normal wizard are you and it's like i don't know it's like no nobody would have done that for a house elf so mm-hmm. you have my respect yeah. and now i can consider whatever crazy request you're going to have because who who says it um you know the true measure of a man is not how he treats his equals, but mm-hmm. his inferiors. Serious, which is uh, funny. Dumbledore, Dumbledore about serious, right? Yeah. So, um, so I think that's why it spoke so much to Grip Hook because I think goblins respect that. That's why they like Bill so much. Yeah, there, there's a because he always he because he always there. respected them when he was working in Greenpeace. Yeah, he never trusted them though. No, no you don't have to trust someone to respect them though. Yeah, no. But, I mean, that was a uh, thing with when they were devising this plan to break into Gringotts. That he warned them. Yeah, Bill pulls Harry to the side. It's like, listen, goblins don't think like us. And they'll, they think everything that they've made belongs to them. So I don't know what deal you cut with uh, Grip Hook here. Don't yeah. don't trust, don't fully trust them. And Harry's like, I'll keep that in mind. Much like the Deathly Hallows movie adaptation, this is where part one of the story comes to an end. Sorry, folks, but our review went very long, and it went over four hours in length. The reason why we stopped it right here is because my external recorder's batteries were just about to die, so I said, all right, let's stop it here, change batteries, take like a few minutes, go go to the bathroom, everything like that, and then continue review. Now, we expected it to be just a one-long review, just like every other book review we've done in the past for Harry Potter, but once we realized it was going to be over four hours long, we decided, you know what? Let's do it in two parts and everything like that. So, sorry everybody, we're going to have to put a pin in it right here, right at, at the burial of Dobby and everything like that. So, come back next week where we'll have our conclusion of the Harry Potter series in book form. And so, everybody, thank you again for listening to this podcast review, part one of Deathly Hallows. And uh, come back next week, and we'll do part two. Like, no, I'm <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> That was stupid. I'm sorry. Ill timing. Bad timing. Are you dopes ready? Yes. Mm, okay. Alright, how am I going to introduce this? Okay. Alright then. Want some more raid? Uh, <laughs> raid! Uh, <laughs> Ready? No.
Ric Flair. <laughs> he would have started laughing. See the funnier writers. Just that one little chuckle right there was so loud. I've been recording for the past minute too. <laughs> Uh, boy. Uh, oh, Jesus, you're fucking crying already. <laughs> We're even starting to book it and the tears are a-flowing. <laughs> All right, then. Three, two, one. <laughs>